So today's message is called, we're on a little bit of a series, um, it's called The Clean Slate, and that's why we showed that video from the top, but uh, last week we shared a message on prayer, this week is a message on timing, alright, and so I want you just to keep that in your, in your mind, and uh, keep the word timing in your mind, because we're going to be talking about it uh, quite a bit this morning. So you see, uh, timing is everything, some people say. Some people say that timing is everything. When the timing of your engine and your car or your truck is off, uh, there is a chain reaction that leads to destruction. <laughs> All right, things just start to fly off and blow up, and who knows what else could happen. Uh, hopefully not while you're driving. But uh, that's, that could happen. When there is a, a spouse in a relationship that is out of alignment, if you have a crazy spouse, all right, don't raise your hand. If you have a crazy spouse and, uh, and your, your relationship is out of alignment, it often leads to destruction. I remember I met this one couple when I lived in England, and they would tell me how their testimony, I'll talk about testimonies, they'd tell me their testimony of how God restored the marriage, and they, God did, because the wife threw a knife at the husband one night. They were so angry at each other. It like flew by his face. Oh man, and I, the, the couple were sitting at the table telling me this, and I said, did that actually happen to you, or is she lying? It, no, that, that definitely happened. I'm like, okay, there is a God. Like, I don't know. I would run for the rest of my life from that woman. I don't know. Like, get behind me, Satan. I don't know. It would just be, ah, okay. So some people, uh, their relationship is out of alignment. Uh, today, there's going to be two significant, or I, well, I believe, some of you don't even care. There's going to be two significant uh, football games, and big plays, uh, Arlene would be one of the people that's not going to care about it. Uh, big plays are going to happen because either the offense or the defense make a mistake in the game. Big plays will happen because of that. Uh, they're gonna, someone's going to miss an assignment, or someone's going to have a brain cramp. Someone's going to forget to run when they were supposed to stand. I don't know, whatever. There's something random's going to happen. But that's what happens when things are out of alignment. Just as in these examples, the same thing can be said about our relationship with God. The same thing can be said about our relationship with God. We must keep our relationship with God, and it would include these things, prayer, Bible reading, worship times, uh, service times, our offerings, but we need to keep our relationship with God in top shape. That's our responsibility. You see, we spend our time doing any number of things. Uh, I'm going to list a few for you this morning, so I want you to listen closely. They're not on the screen, and if my voice is not uh, your cup of tea today, suck it up. Because <laughs> I think the Lord is keeping my vocal cords going. All right. If one person lives to be 70 years of age, think about this. Uh, and the, well, in this article saying that 70 years of age is the, average, uh, is the average person. So when you get to 70 years of age, you will, you will have spent 20 years sleeping. Man, think about that. When you get to 70, you've spent 20 years sleeping. You've spent 20 years working. Oh, man. Okay. You've spent seven years eating and drinking. Now, I'm, some of us may be a bit more. I don't know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you will have, when you get to 70, you will have spent 70 years playing. Isn't that interesting? Seven years playing, not 70. Seven years playing, sorry. 
Uh, you will have spent, <laughs> this was so annoying. I can't believe this. You will have spent five years getting dressed. That's depressing. Okay. You will have spent, now this is, I think this one's way off, okay? Uh, maybe, I don't know, whatever. Uh, you will have spent one year on the telephone. I think some people, it would be reversed. Anyway, okay, like 100 years on the telephone, okay. Uh, you will have spent, now this, this is not me. I've, <laughs> I don't know how they found this out. Okay, you will have spent two and a half years smoking. All right, I don't, I don't smoke, so. And I don't really talk on the phone. So anyways, okay. Uh, you will have spent, now this one's way off for me. You will have spent two and a half years in bed. I'm not sure how that works when you've spent 20 years sleeping. But anyways, maybe just like chilling in bed. I don't know. You will have spent three years. Oh, man, this gets me going. Three years waiting for somebody. Three years waiting for somebody. For some people, this will be much more depending on who you're married to. All right. Uh, you will have spent, this, this will be me, you will have spent, potentially me, you will have spent 10 years watching TV. Ah, stink. Okay. Uh, you will, I'm almost done. You will have spent five months tying shoes. Now, I found a way around this. I'm buying shoes with no laces now. All right? That's the way. <laughs> yeah. We're going back to Velcro. Nike came out with these shoes uh, this past week. They're $350. And I'm thinking about it, but they tie themselves. You just put your foot in, and if you're sitting, they loosen themselves. If you're playing sports, they tighten themselves. All these amazing things. Okay, five months tying shoes. All right, uh, here's the last one. You will have, if, when you get to 70, you will have spent two and a half years for other things, including one and a half years in church. <laughs> now here's the deal so how do we how do we spend our time for church okay so to spend one and a half years in church in a relative lifespan of 70 years so in order to do that we must on the day of our birth begin to spend five minutes each morning and every evening in devotions plus three hours per week in church <laughs> So there's no way some people are spending a year and a half by the time they're 70 in church. I'm just being honest, okay? That's just a funny one. All right, so it, but isn't that interesting? That's how much time for just one and a half years we need to spend. So as we've looked at these stats, uh, I'm hoping there's something that is unique to each one of us. Um, one of the things that I've learned over the years is that time is precious. I've often been told... Uh, by people. I don't have time for this or that. Uh, some people get annoyed with me because I always say, you have time. <laughs> I would always say that. Uh, it's just how you use your time that dictates how much of it you have. I used to meet with youth pastors across downtown Toronto, and we'd get together, we'd share burdens, we'd pray with one another, and we'd often eat Swiss chalet. Uh, but the most common comment I heard from these uh, mainly guys, there was a few girls, but the most common comment I heard was, I don't have time. And it was ridiculous. I'd always say, of course you have time. It's just how you use it. You see, timing for me is everything. When it comes to God, timing is everything. Today, I'd like us to consider this one thought. In this new year, it's still a new year just in case you're wondering, what is the timing of your spiritual clock like what's your timing of your spiritual clock when you receive a clean slate from God it means that he has made something new in you he's pulled back into alignment something that was out of alignment 
For some today, we may feel as though our spiritual timing is in a good place, and that's great. For others today, you may have no idea whether your spiritual timing is in a good place or bad place. You just have no sweet clue. There may be some here today where we've never even considered that it's important to be in sync with the Holy Spirit, to be in sync with God. Our first scripture today comes from Genesis 5, verse 4. I think it's so amazing, and I just love it so much. It says this, Enoch walked with God. And he was not, <laughs> for God took him. Oh, so good. Let me say it again. Okay, Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Imagine being so in sync with God that as you were walking with him, one day he simply said to you, let's go home. That's what he said to you. When we think of being in sync with God we, uh, and having our timing be in sync with God, Enoch is a great example of walking with God. Here's a few things that walking with God means, and Val's going to put them on the screen. Uh, walking with God means this. Number one, walking by faith. All right, that comes from 2 Corinthians 5 and 7. The second one here is walking in the light. Uh, 1 John 1, verse 5 to 7. And the third one is walking in agreement with God, which comes from Amos chapter 3, verse 3. You see, this has been said about Enoch. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. You see, you can't walk with God or please God apart from faith. You need to have faith to do it. Has anyone ever crashed, uh, and I haven't done this one, uh, fortunately, but have any of you ever crashed your car so that it wasn't in alignment? You know when your steering wheel is pointing this direction, but you're going the other direction? Okay, I remember an old friend of mine was driving me to camp uh, up in Muskoka one winter. I was, uh, I think I was like 16 or 17, and uh, we were driving, and as he was driving down the road, I remember it was a snowstorm. He cranked the wheel in his Civic, and we wanted to go right. The car went straight into the curb, and uh, it was amazing. And the whole rest of the weekend, his steering wheel was pointing, I don't know which way, it was, I think it was just going right, and he was going this way the whole time. But it was ridiculous, and uh, I think he actually swore, and it was a Christian camp, so it, was, it made it extra special for me. All right. <laughs> I was like, I got something on you, buddy. All right. Oh, so good. Excuse me. All right, Scripture gives us many examples of how having a spirit aligned with the Spirit of the Lord despite our circumstances is so important. 2 Timothy 4.2 says this, Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. You see, I don't believe that... Uh, I don't believe this is an option for any believer. Imagine if the Lord Jesus came in person to test you in season, just like it said in the scripture, and you said to him, Jesus, I just am not in a good season or a good moment right now. Come back in a few weeks and I'll give you my good stuff. I'll be in season in a few weeks. You see, we must preach when fruit is evident and preach when the fruit seems invisible. Just when we feel like we got it all going on and when we don't feel like we have it all going on. Here's a short story and then I'll I'll jump to our conclusion. There was once a church of England clergymen who was gloriously saved. When Jesus changed his life, he started preaching the gospel to his whole parish 
And they all got saved. It's funny how the whole church got saved. Anyways, okay, we'll just leave that alone. Then he started preaching in neighboring parishes. <laughs> It's like me going around town getting everyone saved. Okay. And the clergymen of those parishes were offended. <laughs> they asked the bishop to make the man stop. When the bishop, conf- I'm, I'm finding this really funny, so I'm trying to control myself. When the bishop confronted him, he said, I hear you are always preaching, and you don't seem to do anything else. The changed man answered, well, bishop, I only preach two seasons of the year. The bishop said, I'm glad to know that. What seasons are they? He replied, in season and out of season. Oh, so good. Okay, so good. I, well, I find that funny. All right, whatever. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so I, I believe our spiritual life needs to always be in top shape, whether we're in and out of season. Our timing may be off for a moment, but we have to bring that around so that Jesus can work through us. Here's your lifetime in minutes. Dr. Leslie Weatherhead, in his book, Time for God, has mathematically calculated a schedule which compares a lifetime of three score years and ten with the hours of a single day, so a single day from seven in the morning to eleven at night. So here's the, here's the example. If your age is 15, the time is 1025 a.m., in your life. That's when you're 15 years old. Some of you are already scared. If you're 20, the time is 11.34 a.m. If you're 25, the time is 12.42 p.m. If you're 30, which I used to be a number of years ago, the time is 1.51 p.m. I started to feel old when I was reading this a little bit. When, uh, 30, when you're 35, the time is 3 p.m. When you're 40, the time is 4.08 p.m. Folks, by the time mid-afternoon comes, I'm getting tired. Let's be honest. When you're 45, the time is 5.16 p.m. When you're 50, the time is 6.25 p.m. When you're 55, the time is 7.34 p.m. When you're 60, the time is 8.42 p.m. When you're 65, I'm going all the way, the time is 9.51 p.m. And when you're 70, the time is... 11 p.m. I'm sorry to have depressed you. This breakdown on time gives me extra incentive. It gives me an extra incentive and an even bigger push to see the Lord move in and through my life. Church, I don't have a lot of time left. Some of you are laughing inside of me. That's okay. I don't have a lot of time left. The time is now. One person that I was reading about this week in Scripture is Joseph. I love his story, being sold by his family, serving under Pharaoh, and then God raising him up to give him governance over the land of Egypt. What I can't help but recognize about Joseph is that he was ready for his promotion every single time. He had an understanding that God's timing was different than maybe his or yours and mine would be. He had an understanding that the timing of his spiritual clock was important. I'm going to quickly read uh, Genesis 39, uh, verses 21 to 23. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners who were in the prison. 
Whatever was done there, he was the one who did it. The keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. The Lord was with Joseph. We know this. Joseph would have had every excuse in the book to be disenfranchised, disappointed, angry, frustrated, wondering why God had let, his, let these troubles come his way. He had every reason to say stuff like that. But still the Lord was with Joseph. You see, God's plan is to love us and show us favor. God can raise up people around us in any situation, but our responsibility is to just have our hearts in the right timing with the Spirit so that we can do as the Lord, as the Holy Spirit instructs us to do. Let me skip ahead here because we've run out of time today. It's all right. (laughs) Oh, I did say that. (laughs) So funny. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man. To be in the right timing, the right alignment with God, we must be filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, I cannot face today's struggles and burdens without the power and hope that the Holy Spirit puts in each one of us. You see, church, we don't have time to fool around anymore. We must, we must be about God's business. That's what we must be about. Here's a final little uh, story for you. The clock of life is wound but once. And no man has the power to say just when the hands will stop at late or early hour Now is the only time we own to do his precious will. Do not wait until tomorrow, for the clock may then be still. I'm going to read the scripture to you. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy to the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. Amen.